0: be also infers there's something else to avoid to be something usually means there's some other thing that you should not be Does that makes sense I'm Terry Knighton, the pastor here at New Life Community Church. I thank you so much for turning us on, and I trust that the Lord's going to bless you all over the place as we continue to worship together here for the next several moments. Thank you so much for being a part of New Life Telecast. Whether you're listening live or later by means of live television, so to speak, or Facebook, or whatever the case might be. We're really glad that you're here. God is moving, doing some tremendous things in our midst around the country and right here on the outskirts of beautiful Ridgeway, Virginia. We're pretty excited about that. Excited in a good way. I'm going to begin a brand new teaching tonight that deals with the issue of our chooser. Our chooser. Did you know you had a chooser? There are actually two ways, two forces at work in our present existence influencing us which path to follow. You have a choice which one you follow. That's what this message is going to deal with. We're going to go to the book of Joshua. The Old Testament book of Joshua provides a backdrop for this particular teaching. I'd like to read two verses in your hearing, and we're going to jump right on into that. Joshua chapter 1, listen to verse number 1. After the death of Moses... THE SERVANT OF THE LORD, THE LORD SAID TO JOSHUA, SON OF NUN, MOSES' AID, LOOK AT VERSE NUMBER 2, NOW THEN, YOU AND ALL THESE PEOPLE, GET READY TO CROSS THE JORDAN RIVER INTO THE LAND I AM ABOUT TO GIVE TO THEM, TO THE ISRAELITES, NOTICE AGAIN, GET READY, GET READY, I TRUST YOU'RE READY. Now, again, I have mentioned to you just a few moments ago that Lord God is just really moving around the country and our area. I trust you re- have been reading some of the reports or receiving some of the reports about the move of God, one in particular that seemed to generate or originate in Wilmore, Kentucky at Asbury University. Pretty excited about that. Perhaps we'll talk about that some more at the conclusion of the program. Right now let's jump right on into this teaching. Father, I thank you for each one listening in by whatever means and I pray that by your word you would speak to hearts, help men and women and boys and girls know and understand that we have a choice in who we father follow whether it's the evil one or the holy one, the righteous one, the one way. To an eternity with you. That is Jesus the Christ. We'll thank you. We'll praise you for all that you do. In Christ's name. Amen. Hey you hang on. I'll be back here in just a little while. To wrap things up. God bless. We titled this message. Two or three different things. I finally landed on this. Use your chooser. That's what we're challenging you with this morning. Is to use your chooser. Chooser, okay? In my view, in whose view? In my view, the Old Testament book of Joshua, from which we've just read, is like reading the New Testament book of Acts. How so? Watch this, and I'll try to conclude with this this morning. It's a real story, a real story about real. How many real people we have here this morning? This is a real story about real people doing people things, except it ain't about the people. It's about the power behind the people. When? When they will take advantage of it. Can I see your eyeballs just a moment? How many of you know... That power is useless if it isn't tapped into. Amen. There lay some power. Well, whoopee do! Power is useless if it is not tapped into. Am I right? How many of you can see that receptacle later over there on the stage front? Can you see that? You can probably see the little snowman. Somebody tell me something about the snowman. He's lit. We've got a snowman in here this morning that's lit. Thought y'all didn't believe in that. Well, now what happened? He's not lit. He has a cord. There's power available, but he ain't tapped into it. Art thou withest me? Let's plug him back up, because I think he's just the cutest little... Snowman you ever did see. I've nicknamed him Frosty. That's him right there. Are you ready to go? Buckle up your seat belts. Number one on your study notes. If you are not aware of it yet, there are two spiritual forces. Not one, not three, but say it with me two spiritual forces at work in our present world. Now, like the book of Acts, the book of action, both forces are manifest in Joshua as well. The first power is God's genuine sovereign power. And the second power is the wannabe Foe power, if you please, of the infamous masquerader, Satan. Satan, as you will recall from our recent series, he is a bully. He is faking what he does not have. He wants to go, and get you all scared, thinking he's all that, but he is not, it's a fake power. Now consider this, a little parenthesis, I'll try to move through it rather uh, briskly. Almighty God is the creator of and the sustainer of all that there is. All that there is, including this earth we inhabit, and, and also including Satan. Did you know that Satan is not eternal? He is not omnipotent. He is not omniscient. He is not omnipresent like God Almighty. Unlike God, Satan was not. There's a time when there was not a Satan. And then he was. He was created. Now, we don't read this enough, but we read it a lot, and I want to take you back to it right now, Genesis chapter 1. Even if you're not that familiar with the Bible and you have a difficult time looking up Scripture, you ought to be able to find this one. Go to the table of contents and turn right. Here we are. Genesis 1 and verse number 1, it says, In the beginning, God. Don't you love that? In the beginning, God. What God do? He created the heavens, look at this, and the earth. Not just the heavens, but also the earth. Look at verse 2. Now, the earth was formless and empty, but then God had a plan. God, somehow or another, transformed all that empty and all that less into the most glorious piece of handiwork In his existence. And he did it all with his breath. (sighs) Spoke words. How many of you know that's powerful? Now, I I can kill flowers with my breath. But God can create with his breath and with words. Now, watch this. Satan did not. And as far as I've been able to ascertain, uh, he cannot. Meaning, He is unable to create anything. Satan does not create. He merely facilitates chaos. What does he facilitate? Chaos. He is a destroyer. He destroys that which he didn't create. Don't you just despise that? He manipulates that which has already been set into motion. Now listen to these True, powerful, significant words of the Word, our Lord Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 10. Can you find that with me? Matthew, Mark, Luke chapter 10, verse 18. Here's what it says He replied. Again, Jesus is speaking, and here's what Jesus said. By the way, He is speaking to the, the 70 or the 72 that was sent out with the gospel message. This included the apostles, but it was not only the apostles. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Saw him fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Beloved, Jesus Christ had the authority To authorize that transaction. Satan has no authority. No authority. Other than the authority that God allows. As Satan tries to mess with people. Or manipulate that which has already been set into motion. Are you with me so far? By the way, ultimately. God is going to squash satan like a bug he's going to dispense with satan and also satan's followers god's going to do that once for all would you care to guess how god is going to do that i'll tell you how he's going to do that speaking of satan's point man the unholy incarnation that uh, we know as the Antichrist. Paul tells us this in 2 Thessalonians, the second letter to the Thessalonians, chapter 2, verse number 8, and then the lawless one, the Antichrist, will be revealed. Look at this. Whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of His mouth and destroy by the splendor of His coming. Beloved, the same will be the end of for Satan's armies. Go and read the, the latter chapters of the book of Revelation. You'll find out this is true. God's breath is mightier than Satan's mightiest might. does that encourage you a little bit? God's breath is mightier than Satan's mightiest might. So I told you that to come right back here. We come right back to Joshua. Now let me tell you a little bit about Joshua. I'm back in chapter 1, verse 1, and here's what we read. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, Son of Nun, Moses' aid. There's several things that we can discern from that one little verse. In fact, it's a, there's a mouthful. We know that Joshua had a daddy. His name was Nun, that's N-U-N, not N-O-N-E. So that would mean that Joshua was a son. If you have a daddy, that usually means you're a son or a daughter. If you're a son or a daughter, you have a daddy. We also know that Moses was the servant of the Lord based on this passage, and Joshua was Moses' servant. He worked alongside Moses. At this particular point in time, Moses had experienced his own funeral in other words he had passed away so here's something else we know we know I'm headed to number two on your study notes we know that Joshua is now the point man for God's chosen people the Israelites stepping in to fulfill the vacancy left by Moses now fill this in with me as a result Of that, again, I'm headed to number two on your notes. We also know that God, since Joshua was God's spokesman or point person, God spoke to Joshua. That in and of itself is pretty amazing, is it not? Has God spoken to you lately? You hear from God? It's pretty amazing when that happens. And then from the book of Exodus, Genesis, Exodus, second book in the Old Testament, part of what we know as The Pentateuch, the writings of Moses. From Exodus, we also know that the very first mention, very first mention of Joshua in the Scriptures reveals that Moses was presenting him with the opportunity to utilize something very unique. He was presenting Joshua with the opportunity to utilize his choice. Everybody say choice. He was giving him the opportunity to utilize his chooser. Listen to Exodus 17 and 9 from the New English Translation. So Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of our men and go out. I took you there to tell you this. Interestingly enough, the theme of Joshua chapter 1 seems to also reflect that Joshua's being presented with the opportunity to once again use his chooser. To use his chooser. Now, I've already outlined the two choices, the two forces at work in our present world, God's power, God's plan, Satan's lies and destruction. Now, consider this. From the very outset, from the very beginning, God says to Joshua, and I'm back in our text passage, chapter 1, verse 2. Now then, You and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them to the Israelites. So fill in number three with me if you would please. Not only did Joshua have to use his chooser, but so also did his people. You following me? Not only did Joshua have to use his chooser so also did his people. and They're saying the people of Israel had to make, they had to use their chooser. Do we actually follow through with God's mandate, or do we stay right here? Do we stand right here? Or do we assume the status of disobedience? Now, there are those that you run upon every now and then that would argue to you, that Joshua had no say in this matter. Joshua was just kind of a robotic character, if you please. I am not one of those people. In fact, I want to show you why I believe that Joshua did have some say-so in this matter. And hopefully help you realize why this is significant even for us today, those of us that happen to live in Ridgeway, Virginia. Look back in Joshua chapter 1. I want to read some verses over again or or some uh, uh, pieces of verses. Beginning with the first part of verse 7. Joshua 1 and 7. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful to obey all the law My servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. Verse 8. Do not let this book of the law depart out of your mouth. Mouth infers speech or speaking. He continues on. Meditate on it. Not only get it in your mouth, speak it, meditate on it, get it in your mind, meditate on it day and night. Why? So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Look at the latter part of verse 9. Be strong and courageous. That's echoed time and again in chapter 1. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. Now, I want you to look at those three verses. And I want to point out some words to you. And I'm going to try not to get tripped over this. But I want you to follow this. The very beginning of verse 7, you'll see the word be. You see it there? B-E-B. How many of you know that be is a do word? Be is a do word. It is not a positional statement. If I request of you this morning or even command of you to be something, whatever that thing is, that will behoove you to put forth some action. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Be also infers there's something else to avoid, to be Something usually means there's some other thing that you should not be. Does that make sense? Then look in the, the first part of verse 7. Not only is be there in the first part of verse 9, actually, but uh, also the first part of verse 7 and in in verse 8, there's the word careful. Careful. Full of care. Careful is a word that when we see it, it should be a red flag that careless can rear its ugly head. Are you with me? When you're told to be careful, it should be a red flag that careless can rear its ugly head. Also in verse 7, the word obey is given. You see that word there? Obey. Boy, that's America's favorite word, isn't it? Ain't nobody tell me what to do. Oh, yes, there will. They will. Obey. Did you know the word obey bespeaks a choice? Obey bespeaks a choice because it assumes there is also disobeying or disobedience. Another alternative, if you're looking at, The record, verse 7 of Joshua chapter 1, you also see the words turn from. Be careful, obey, turn from, turn from just screams that something else is available. How are you going to turn from if there's not something out there to turn from from? Art thou withest me? Number four on your study notes. When two trails or paths, two ways are put before us, we come upon two pathways, then we are confronted with choices. Choices. Just like these choices that were put before Joshua in the entirety of the Israelites, we can either go right or we can go left. Or we can just stand there. Or we can turn around and go back. they are choices. And I've said it to you before, I think it's very important for you to understand, even if you say, I ain't going nowhere, I'm just going to stand here. Okay, you just made a decision. Nothing. Is a decision clearly God Almighty was presenting to Joshua and the people of Israel an opportunity to use their choosers again they could either uh, choose God's purpose power and plan or the other side Satan's lies and destruction those things of the enemy now If you're still with me, how many of you are still awake? Can I see your hand? Too noisy to go to sleep, isn't it? I wish you'd preach a little quieter. It ain't going to happen. I want you to go with me to Joshua 24. Somebody tell me how many chapters are in the book of Joshua. Say it again. 24. 24. So go to the last chapter of Joshua. We just started in which chapter? Chapter 1, now we're going to chapter 24. Now as you can imagine, we are missing a lot of stories between Joshua chapter 1 and Joshua chapter 24. Most of the experts agree there's a span of about 25 years. Now, there are people that are really good at picking out this date from this place and that date from that place and somebody's kingship here and somebody's rulership there and adding two and two together and figuring all of this out. I am not that guy. Beloved, we're going to cut in right there. There's a little bit more to this, and we'll be looking forward to sharing that with you next week. But let me conclude uh, this particular segment by asking you this. Or perhaps making a statement. There are two choices. You can follow God's plan and have life, or you can follow Satan's plan and look forward to, and even in this present existence, have to deal with death and destruction over and over and over again. Even though there are some that seem like they have got it made in the shade, they're not serving the Lord, and they face certain destruction. And it's amazing how many people go off. You look at all the stars from Hollywood, the movie stars, the rock stars. I could go on and on, the uh, sports stars. So many of them, it seems like they're like a falling star. They just fade in, and they fade out just as quickly because they're following after the flesh, following after the evil one. God has a better plan for you than that, and I want to be an encouragement to you to find God's path and plan to accept Jesus, God's one and only Son, as your Lord and your Savior, to know that your sins are forgiven, to know that you have eternal life and a blessed life in this present existence. It's as easy as opening up your own heart and inviting Jesus to come in to forgive you of your sins, And to displace all of that, to get rid of all of that and come to dwell within you by the mighty, powerful, Holy Spirit. That's my prayer for you. I trust you would accept that. That's also God's purpose and plan for you. If you'd like more information about what we've talked about, there's some contact information that's been on the screen throughout the the duration of the program. But it's there now. We'd love to hear from you. We'll try to offer you help in any way that we possibly can. Father, I pray right now in particular for that one that may be listening tonight. And it was, at, it was their time. The time for them to open up their heart and invite you to come in to be their Lord and their Savior. I pray that as they've confessed their sins and repented of their sins and believe you right now for your salvation, that you would do your work in their heart. Lord, help them to follow through with it by joining with a group of faithful believers where Your Word is preached and taught and caught in order that they might become a better servant of You. We pray, we ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, before I get out of here, I do want to remind you that the New Life does have a regular schedule of activities, Sunday morning at 10 o'clock our primary worship celebration. And if you've made a decision for Christ, listen, you need to be involved in a local church. The Bible teaches that. Uh, So many today clamoring you don't have to be uh, involved in the church in order to be a Christian. Well, I'm not sure what that's even supposed to mean, but I do know this, that Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And part of the commands of the Scripture is not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. I know many see the church as just some big country club, and honestly, some of them are. That's not what I'm encouraging you to get involved in. I'm encouraging you to find that little fellowship of people, not necessarily small in number, but I'm just talking about a tight-knit group of people that know and love Jesus, and they're following after Him with all of their heart, a place where the Word of God is taught. I encourage you to get involved. That's taking place here, and that's why we invite you. We would love to see you we'll save you a seat well my time is just about gone i've got to get out of here i trust you're going to have a great week what's left of it i am terry knighton pastor of new life community church encouraging you and trusting that you're going to have a great week and remember my friends jesus is coming back is he coming back for you